0: We are going to be uh, catching up in just a moment with a guy whose job description is night. He, he, this weekend, well, tomorrow night, actually, at the Ancaster Fairgrounds, there is a professional jousting competition. It is... We're not talking about medieval times kind of stuff where... You know, it's all playing around. We're talking about literal jousting, like in the old medieval stuff, knights and all that stuff. Anyway, today, I'll tell you what, today in a practice run, my colleague from The Spectator, Terry Pekoski, was there. She's got a story going on the front page of the paper tomorrow. And she was watching as a female jouster who was taking a few practice runs was absolutely belted, driven off her horse, flew about 20 feet through the air, and then landed on a 150-pound pile of armor that she was wearing, which sounds really, really really uncomfortable, and really painful. Well, to find out if it is as bad as it actually sounds, we welcome to the show Sir Shanton of Falcons Hill, also better known as Shane Adams, a professional jouster, and if I'm correct, Shane, a man who on his passport, your occupation, says knight. Is that correct?
1: (laughs) That's uh, absolutely correct, and just to clarify... It wasn't really that bad of a fall. She was only about 12 feet in the air going maybe 25 miles an hour when she collided and came off somersaulting off the back of her horse. It wasn't really that bad.
0: So, yeah. So, I mean, it's what we all do every day when we trip and fall around the house.
1: Well, if you trip and fall at the office, that's one thing. But uh, here in our sport, her profession, you trip and fall every day.
0: You are, and okay, so for people who don't necessarily know, uh, some people will be familiar with you because you hosted a show called Full Metal Jousting that was on History Channel. Um, you're the owner of this uh, group, this troupe called Knights of Valor that's putting on the jousting tournament tomorrow at Ancaster Fairgrounds. You are yourself a professional jouster, but honestly, Shane, you've done this a long time now. Have You You must have been hurt by this. We laugh about the you know your, your colleague getting drilled off her horse, but you must have been hurt doing this.
1: Okay, well, the moral to every story is, kids, be careful what you wish for, because it <laughs> might come true. That's all I'm saying. Growing up on a farm in Acton, Ontario, yes, it was my dream to be a knight in shining armor, to joust alongside the legends of Ivanhoe and Lancelot. Uh, but where in the world can that dream you know, become a reality? Well, I made that dream happen for me and then started jousting, competing for Canada back in geez, 1997, and uh, ended up winning uh, my first international jousting championship that very same year, bringing gold home for Canada, and won the year after that. I've won, I think, 19 international jousting championships, I'm recognized as the Wayne Gretzky of the sport of jousting. And uh, it just goes to show, uh, I mentioned Wayne Gretzky, you put a stick in a Canadian's hand, whether it's a lance or a hockey stick, and we're going to show the world how to use it.
0: All right, so I, I'm going to get back to the pain thing in just a minute. But you say you grew up thinking about doing this. What, what, was, what was it? Was it movies? Was it something else? Where do you come up with the idea that, you know, what I think would be really cool as an adult is to get on a horse and impale somebody with a large lance?
1: Okay, well, just so everybody knows, that is not cool, and it's got to be one of the stupidest <laughs> things a human could ever possibly want to do. I'd rather step into the arena with Mike Tyson, or George St. Pierre, for that matter, and have them just go toe-to-toe with me, rather than get up on these horses. But you know what? It was my dream come true, so I'm going to live that dream, and I'm going to live it as true as I can. And I joust, wearing the the red and white representing Canada and in international championships, and I've... I've I've caused my body a lot of harm. This is recognized as one of the most violent sports in the world because of that impact force. You could take two of the biggest NHL hockey players, have them skate full speed and collide at center ice, and that force of impact pales in comparison to what we face every time we go down that joust list.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what, For the for as... Almost funny because I mean, when people think about this, they do. They think about Hollywood, they think about medieval times, they think that it's kind of a WWE thing. This, when you're doing this, uh, this is serious business. I mean, you can get hurt doing this.
1: <laughs> what do you mean you can get hurt? You <laughs> do get hurt. It's just a matter of when and how bad.
0: All right. All right. So, a number of years ago, I, I actually wrote about you a number of years ago, and I, you had this quote, and I love this quote I could be shish kebobbed if I don't block the lance with my shield. I mean, again, we're talking about something that i don't think well 99.999 on for to the power of whatever percent of the people in this world will never actually try this so I- explain then when you're on the horse and someone is coming towards you and they catch you clean with their lance what what happens what's that like
1: uh, it's 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 like a dream as as soon as you come around the joust list and you have your lance in your hand and you're charging down at your opponent the Thousands of people that are screaming your name, they fade away, and it becomes more like a dream, a dream state. You know, almost like a, a horror movie when you're trying to get to that door and the, the, the hallway just keeps on extending. Everything slows down. But as soon as you collide, you realize that this is no dream. This is a nightmare.
0: Do the horses have to be specially trained? Because I would think they would get spooked.
1: Well, the horses absolutely have to be specifically trained for the sport of jousting. Um, I've got 13 of my horses here in Canada right now. And uh, tomorrow night, uh, we'll be featuring six of those 13 in the jousting competition. Six of the best jousting horses in the world. And I'm proud to say that I trained every single one of these horses through trust and love to be able to uh, you know, work as a teammate. See, that's The unique thing about the sport, it's not man versus beast. It's man and horse working together as a team against that same opposing force. So the horses themselves are your mode of transportation, are your teammate from point A to point B. But they're not, uh, they're not really in any danger whatsoever. They're just your mode of transportation. You're the one that's getting hit by that 5,000 pounds of force of impact, and it's up to you whether or not well the horses help you. They try to scoop under underneath you if you're falling down or they tried to hold their ground to be able to have you come back up. But if you get knocked off that horse, well, you know, their job's to stop at the other end and hopefully you get back up and on your feet and back up onto the horse again.
0: But Shane, all, all this time you're doing this and again I go back to the idea that it seems almost cartoonish to people watching because they probably can't believe that it's as difficult and painful and everything as it it looks to them that they're thinking there's got to be a catch because nobody would do this if it was really this bad. Does it often take some explaining or take someone getting up and being bloodied or having needing some medical attention before they go wow this is real?
1: Um to be honest with you no because even when that happens people are so in shock, so amazed, so misunderstanding that what they just saw was real, that somebody would actually do that for a living, they, they, they think the blood is fake, or they think the bone <laughs> is sticking out of your arm. Oh, that's, that's a neat special effect. How did you do that? I could tell all your listeners right now, tell them blue in the face, that full contact jousting is real, that tomorrow night's competition is 100% real, and no one, is going to dare believe it until they come here and see it. And when they see it and watch that first devastating hit happen, watch that train wreck, they're still going to be confused because the concept of two men or a woman, for that matter, charging down, colliding at that speed, at that amount of force of impact, and doing this in a live audience is is unfathomable. It's it's absolutely amazing that this sport exists, but it does exist, and it has never really gone away. This is the true equestrian extreme sport. This is the one extreme sport that has never died. Jousting, it's, it's here. It's the 21st century, and jousting exists.
0: You explained how you came to this, how you discovered you wanted to do this, but how do you then find other like-minded people who also want to do this? Because I can't believe, you know, to make it sound a little medieval, I can't believe the countryside is filled with those who want to take part in something like this. So how do you track down others and get together and find people who would also be willing to do this?
1: Well, I didn't send out a hatchery of of ravens to all the foreign kingdoms abroad, Uh, (laughs) especially the three-eyed raven. Uh, That that
0: would have been really cool, though, Shane. That would have been really cool. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it would have been cool, but no. Instead, I used what's called the internet. It's it's uh, it's a it's a new thing. It, it, uh, I, I'm just starting to figure it out. Uh, but uh, through the internet, believe it or not, uh, people in '98 uh, started finding out about my victory in in the United States. So, winning the first ever international championships in Estes Park, Colorado, and uh, from there, uh, emails and uh, and. Some snail mail, believe it or not, uh, people were starting to seek me out and find me and telling me from, you know, people from different countries, Germany, Holland, France, Belgium, you know, that they had the same childhood dream that I had growing up and that there was nobody there in Europe that jousted the way we did. And uh, back in 2000, I ran a large international event in Orangeville, and another large, inter- even a bigger one in London, Ontario, at the once was once the John Labatt Center. And uh, we had 30 competitors from nine different countries compete uh, for a fifty thousand dollar prize. And sure enough, North America came out on top. Canada, and the United States have has the best jousters in the world. Um, And that still is true here in this day and age.
0: We only have a minute or two left here, so really I want to buzz through a couple things really quickly. What is, what has been the most serious injury that you've experienced or seen in the jousting world?
1: Um, Well, before, uh, a lot of my injuries really have not come from full contact jousting. It's come from training for jousting. Uh, you know, a ruptured Achilles tendon, being too dumb in a gym. Um, the, uh, you know, muscle tears, again, in the gym, uh, you know, broken hands from from jousting. That's, that's one that's, that happens. Sprains and contusions, concussions, you know, um, but those really are not injuries in the sport of jousting. You know, really the biggest injury you can have in jousting is death. Now, with that said, I'm probably facing one of the worst injuries I've ever had, and it's a spinal injury and we have yet to be able to track down where it's actually coming from. I actually have another MRI on Tuesday. Uh but that's not going to stop me from competing tomorrow night. Perfect.
0: Yeah, well and nor should it, really, because, you know, you're a yeah, knight. Uh, you're a knight. I mean, how do you, how do you pull out I, just cuz you've got a sore back?
1: Exactly. I I can't, you know, sore back. I can't feel my back <laughs> or my left leg for that matter. So So it's not really sore. And if I'm not in pain, well, you know, numbness is maybe your friend in this aspect. No, I don't
0: know. Okay. Next thing. What do you wear under the armor?
1: Um, I wear uh, Hanes, Um, Hanes, uh, extra large.
0: I see. I was so hoping you were going to say under armor.
1: No, 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 I don't wear under armor. You
0: got to have some sort of, there's got to be a sponsorship opportunity there somehow.
1: Well, there is, but so if Under Armour wants to pay me $50,000, I will tell the world that I wear Under Armour, <laughs> but right now it's Hanes.
0: Is it possible to see out of the little tiny slits in the metal helmets? Because it seems like it would be really difficult to have any kind of visual acuity.
1: It is possible. Um, uh, of course, most of the time people close their eyes and just pray for the best. No. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. The helmets only have a quarter of an inch ocularium. That's what you're looking through because we don't want the lances to get up in, into the into the head area, uh, such as, you know, King Henry II of France. Uh, he died in his own, uh, in a celebration for his daughter's wedding in a jousting competition when a lance entered and, uh, went through his eye and, and ended up killing the King. Uh, we don't want that to happen. So our oculariums are very, very small, very slight, but still it takes a lot of training for your mind to adapt to that small little slit being able to look out of. Um, it's, uh, you know, your, your mind is, an, is, is a brilliant thing and, uh, it paints the picture of what you can't see, um, even though you know it's there in front of you.
0: And I mean, when you're wearing 150 pounds of literally armor, I got to imagine it is absolutely scorching in there. You you must just be sweating like a pig.
1: Again, it takes you know I've, a lot of the injuries I've stated that I have are, are from the gym. You know, it's uh, most of the, most of the crew that I have they're they're in the gym training. You know, two or three hours a day. Um, and then on horseback, the rest of it. So it is truly uh, an athletic sport. Um, you know, of course, I've got a couple of guys that uh, are just absolute true Canadian warriors that will, you know, can down a keg of beer and, you know, <laughs> get on their horse and and uh, joust eating ribs at the same time. But uh, a lot of the guys do take this sport very, very seriously. And a lot of the women take it very seriously, uh, such as Jacqueline Zemniak. Um, and uh, in the Ontario Series, uh, she's placed high enough to be in the finals. So mm. tomorrow night during the finals, uh, Jacqueline will be going up against some of the best uh, the best Canada has to offer.
0: Okay, people have heard this. They're probably still saying, I can't believe it, so they want to go see this tomorrow night to prove it to themselves. Ancaster Fairgrounds, what time, what's the price, all the kind of stuff that people need to know, Shane?
1: Uh, the price, I believe, is $20 a ticket. And the time is 7 o'clock, but I suggest you get here early because I am quite positive we will be turning people away. So please go to our Facebook and get your tickets online and get the guaranteed uh, seat here um, at the Ancaster Fairgrounds in Jerseyville, Ontario.
0: That is Shane Adams, who, again, really does, I believe. Do you still go by Sir Shanton of Falcons Hill?
1: (laughs) I still am Sir Shanton of Falcons Hill, a.k.a little boy from Acton, Ontario, Canada that had a dream.
0: Fantastic stuff. Uh, you can also read a lot more about Shane tomorrow on the front page of The Spectre. Terry Pekoski has a great piece. She was out uh, watching and talking to Shane today as well. So uh, read that and make sure you get out to uh, to see this because it really is uh, it really is something you will never probably see again and you will not believe until you see it. Shane, appreciate the time today. Thanks for doing this. Oh,
1: thank you so much for having me. Talk to you soon.